morning, church. Good morning. The Bible says in Psalm 118 and 24 that this is the day the Lord has made, and we rejoice and we are glad in it. And the Lord knows and I know that every day may not feel like, or you may not feel like giving God praise, but we do because we know no matter what it is that we're going through, that he's greater and that there's always reason to give him glory, which isn't meant at all to minimize or trivialize the things that we might have to deal with on a daily basis. But again, as Kate referenced, uh, it's, it's about who we're de- declaring is going to be greater. First John 4 and 4 says, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Um, today is Palm Sunday, as was mentioned. Yeah. Uh, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem where they laid down palms at his feet on the, as he was coming into Jerusalem, singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. And on your way in, you should have received a, a little piece of what was being laid down as they recognized their king. And the palm literally means, or it's an emblem, a representation of peace and joy and victory. And our prayer here is that we would embrace Hosanna living. We would embrace the peace and joy that entered into Jerusalem that now wants to enter into our lives in the form of Jesus Christ. May we all live with that expectation, both of him to save us now in the spaces and situations we find ourselves in, and with thanksgiving for what he's already done such that we can be saved from the penalty of sin beyond this life. Um, Lord, we're thankful for that. And I just pray this morning that uh, we would a fresh shout, Hosanna. Come, Lord. And not just come, Lord, but thank you for coming. (laughs) And thank you for coming again to bring us into eternal life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. My name is Paul. It's great to see every single one of you. Uh, Those of you who are live streaming as well, thank you for choosing to spend an hour of your time with us this morning. We do not take that uh, for granted. Here at Victory Church, the vision is to see people reconciled to God and to each other. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 18, as a reference point, says, All this comes from God, who reconciled us unto himself through Christ, and then gives us the ministry of reconciliation. And so we believe here that we are called to see people, God's power working through us, see people one to him, a bridge that we could never bridge, but through the work on the cross, he allowed us to come across the bridge created by our sins. We want to see all of us and people who don't know Jesus, one to him, and from that place, see some victory in this horizontal relational life uh, that we have here as brothers and sisters. And I believe, I'm crazy enough to believe God can handle that. And so we are here as a faithful people to see that vision come to fruition and doing our part in our generation to see that work. Anybody else? want to extend their faith and join their faith to that, to that vision and that mission, whether you're here at Victory every Sunday or not. I believe the Bible and the commission of all churches, the big C churches, to see people one uh, to Jesus. So thank you for being here. Uh, we are, again, in Palm Sunday, the beginning of Holy Week. And so I do want to mention maybe a couple of corporate ways that you can join us uh, this week um, in fellowship and in worship. This coming Friday, we'll actually be partnering with All Souls Congregation who meets over on Sundays, they meet at Venable, but Friday at 6 p.m., we'll be having a Good Friday service with them at the Haven at 6 p.m. So you're welcome to join us there uh, as we celebrate Jesus. And next Sunday, 
I brought a lot of goodies up here with me today. Uh, as was already mentioned, we are going to have chicken and waffles, and because who doesn't like chicken and waffles? Uh, and, and if you don't, you'll like it when you come. So bring your appetites, but also Easter egg hunt. And we believe here at Charlottesville, Charlottesville at Victory Church um, of Charlottesville, that we are called, like Paul, to be all things to all men such that we might win them. Doesn't mean that we are attempting to be camouflaged because that can be a slippery slope in that we look so much like the world that you can't tell the difference. But we are here to, in a very relevant way, share the gospel with those who may not know the gospel. You might be sitting here today and hearing it for the first time, but we want to be a people who sees this surrounding community, Walker Upper Elementary students and families get to know Jesus. And so this way is a way that we can enter our community in a relevant way that says, come and have fun because we like to have fun at church. And Jesus is fun too. And so if your kids come or your friends come and they bring their kids, they're going to get some eggs and some candy, but they're also going to get a little bag that tells them a little bit about who Jesus is. Another little baggie with some music that'll tell them a little bit more about who Jesus is. And if you get some chicken and waffles, you just might run into Will Taylor at the table or me or somebody else who can tell them and you about who Jesus is. So I invite you to invite your friends and your loved ones who may think like some of my friends and loved ones, church, eh, but I'll eat. Have them come and eat. Enjoy a fun, a good time, and in a friendly, relevant, graceful, tactful way, we'll also present Jesus to them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So today we want you to turn with us in your Bibles to two places as we continue the series on great faith, uh, but also incorporating Palm Sunday into that larger, um, that larger series. So turn with me firstly to Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. And then turn with me to Matthew chapter 21, verses 8 and 9. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6, and then Matthew chapter 21, verse 8 and 9. Lord, we pray this morning that you would speak, uh, that you would help us as we study your word, open our eyes so that we might see all that is in your law. If you don't open our eyes, we can't see, can't hear, we can't understand. And so I pray, God, that you would soften each of our hearts to hear your love for us, what you have for us to help us, and that you would remove me out of the way and allow me just to be the conduit through whom your word speaks to every person in the room. In Jesus' name, amen. Start with Hebrews chapter 11, verses 5 and 6. It says, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Matthew 21, verses 8 and 9 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Uh, the title of the, the message this morning is Hosanna Living. Hosanna Living. And I pray that um, more 
after the service than we did before the service. We embrace Hosanna living. Um, it's been six, seven months now. Taylor, you can help me with this. Uh, since, yeah, it was November, November of 2018, uh, that Taylor, my wife, and I went on a trip. I had a conference uh, in the Bahamas, and they just looked like they had a lot of really good sessions that I wanted to attend. <laughs> Uh, there. So I said, babe, do you want to come with me? These sessions look really good. You might enjoy them too. Um, and the last time she went on a, on a trip with me for, for work, for an education conference, was 2011. She was pregnant with Christopher, our second son, our second son, our second child, our only son, and we had our daughter with us. And so she didn't come on another trip since 2011, if you can put the pieces together as to how that trip went pregnant, sick every day, and we had a baby. But this time I said, babe, you know, it's been eight years, seven, eight years since we have actually been on a vacation together, gone somewhere together without the children. So let's give it a shot. Let's coordinate and get all the teams from the Northern Virginia family, the Charlottesville family, and we'll just stagger and have the kids well taken care of so we can go away for three days and attend these wonderful sessions at this conference. And so we did. We got everything together. We got the babysitters coordinated. We got people to pick up from school, all of that. And then the night before, I'm sitting on the couch getting all the stuff out of the safe, the passports, and I realized that one of our passports was expired. Yeah, that's exactly it. It was a little more than that in the room that night. So it was my fault. I should say that, right? It was definitely my fault. But I'm like, okay, tomorrow we fly out at 5.30 p.m. or something, uh, 6 o'clock, what do we do? So phone call, phone call after phone call, calling friends, calling, you know, government offices that were closed clearly at 10 o'clock at night. Fast forward, the next day, Taylor and I are in the car driving to D.C. because we heard that somebody in D.C. can perform some miracles, right? Like they can turn this thing around quickly. So on the way up, we're saying, Lord, help us. <laughs> Lord, help us. Let there be no traffic at a time that there's always traffic. Help us get to this place in D.C. and get a nice person there so that they can help us expedite this very quickly. And then help us get back to Charlottesville to pick up our kids so that we can then set them with the babysitters and then get to Richmond by 4.30 or 5 o'clock so that we can catch a flight. You see the impossibility of it? It was impossible, but we drove to D.C., and I'm fast forward, we got a passport for, t for one of us, and <laughs> that was actually a real slip, but it was my fault. I was coordinating. I'm getting everything together. One of us didn't, and so anyways, oh, man, um, got the passport, driving home, Lord, no traffic again, let us get home, and then we're like, crap, we're not going to get our kids in time. Jamie Hawkins, can you get them for us, please? She picks up our kids. We get to the house. Our Northern Virginia family is there to meet us. And of course, we hadn't packed yet. So now we're having to pack before we drive to Richmond. Drive to Richmond after we packed. I don't know what. Get to Richmond. And then the former athletes in us said, we need to run. And we need to find a valet. And I've never done a valet. But I'm like, we need to find one today. So we found a valet in Richmond. We're running to, and what was it? How many minutes before? She didn't know I was going to ask her this, huh? Three minutes, three minutes before they closed the door. And the whole trip, you know what we said? We made it. <laughs> Every day we woke up, we made it. <laughs> a year later, well, not a year yet, but months later, right? Babe, we made it. We got, how did that happen? Now, I hope you never have to go through that experience of literally pleading, God, save us, save us, save us. But I imagine there are points in every one of our lives where we have said, Lord, help us, save us. We can't do this unless you come. 
break up this I-66 traffic. Give us some HOV privileges today. We need you, Lord. We, I know none of you have probably been there, but maybe you have. My guess is that you have. And my encouragement among many today is not to find yourself in a place where you have to or feel like you have to plead, but to recognize who we are not and the help we always need such that we're walking with God. We're living this life of Hosanna, which we weren't saying literally, but we were in many ways saying, Hosanna, come save us. In the Hebrews text that we will talk about first today, um, I want to highlight this particular point, and that is to please God is to walk with God. To please God is to walk with God. The second point that we'll highlight from the, the chapter in Matthew is to walk with God is to live a life that shouts Hosanna every day. Hebrews 11, if you've read that chapter of, of the Bible, is kind of a list of all the greats, Moses, Sarah, uh, Gideon, Samuel, all of the, the folks who we could name their exploits, and you will probably have heard at some point in your life a story about what they had done. They were known. And then there was Enoch. Verse 5 of our text, it says, By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He cannot be found because God has taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. I won't pause there long, but I'll tell you, as I was reading that and studying that, I thought, what? Lord, if you would so have it to be that I can just be taken, like here, and then just no more, um, I thought of, which is very random, and I will move on quickly from this because it's just some of the randomness that enters my mind that has to come out. But Mr. Deeds, if anybody's ever seen Mr. Deeds, Adam Sandler, and the guy who keeps popping up with socks, Y'all don't know. Okay, <laughs> moving on. But there's a guy in the movie, he'll just pop up with socks and then he's gone. It's like, where did he go? That's Enoch. <laughs> Mr. Deeds, Lord, if you see it fit for me to just be like gone, like what did he do to warrant that favor? Didn't experience death. Couldn't be found because God just took him away. Now, all that we know about this gentleman, Enoch, what we find in, in Genesis chapter 5, uh, verses 21 through 24, which uh, says when Enoch had lived 65 years, he became the father of Methuselah, and then he lived 300 more years and became the father of other sons and, and daughters, and altogether lived 365 years, and that he walked faithfully with God. Then he was no more because God took him away. He was just out. We know what Abraham did. We know what Moses did. We know what Joseph did. We know what most of the giants of faith who appear in this honor roll of the faithful in Hebrews 11 did. But Enoch, what, what, what boat did he build in the middle of nothing waiting for rain? What Red Sea did he see part? What big exploit was he a part of? None by the standards of the previous folks that I just mentioned. But then again, yes, he was a part of a big exploit. He walked with God. He pleased God and he believed God. And his inclusion then here in Hebrews 11 tells us that the mighty exploits, the spiritual fame, the legendary pedigree that one might think he or she needs in order to be pleasing in God's sight is not necessary at all to be commended by God. That's good news because I haven't parted any Red Seas lately. Maybe you have. That all we need to do is to walk with him and he will commend us and we will be considered one that is pleasing to him. Pleasing God isn't limited to preaching from this pulpit. 
Pleasing God isn't limited to leading worship from the stage. Pleasing God isn't limited to your uh, having your name announced or maybe being quoted in the paper or having your name on the website for Victory Church. It's not limited to that. Enoch teaches us that pleasing God is walking with God. Which then begs the question, what does it look like to walk with God? I'm glad you asked. Thanks. Micah 6 and 8. Clearly, we're encouraged throughout Scripture, but this Scripture I'll highlight for today says, What does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to, anybody? Walk humbly with your God. And that activity isn't reserved for just a select few. It's an invitation and a desire that God has for all of us. When you think about even what it means to walk with, just yesterday, actually, we went on a, went on a walk. The family, one of our kids said, can we go on a walk? And I said, sure, it's nice out. Went outside and went on for a walk. And you know what happened when we were on that walk? We looked at our phones less. I looked at my phone less. We had each other's attention. We were in proximity with each other on this walk. And if and when there was a distraction, maybe a bee here, a mosquito there, and everybody's running and all that jazz and having a good time, it was about sharing what we were observing with each other. Our hearts, we were able to share in those brief moments with each other and with the children. And I thought, God, is that, is that what it looks like really to walk with you? Just to be present, to be close. You want me to be near to you. You want my attention to be given to you. Lord, help me to walk with you every single day of my life. The prophet Amos also revealed an important truth about what it means to walk with God when he asks this question in Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two walk together unless they agree? Implying in many ways there's got to be a rhythm, right? There's, there's a rhythm when you're walking together in agreement, and not the kind of rhythm where you say, God, this is what I'm trying to do. Come on, can you tack on to my plan? But rather, Lord, what is it that you have to say about my life and help me to come in agreement with, with you? To please Jesus is to walk with Jesus. That's Enoch's example to us in what might be considered mundane. And I won't go down that path too long for time's sake, but just when I wake up in the morning, my interactions with my colleagues or my classmates, when I, when I go in to teach for me, when I go in to handle whatever responsibilities, Lord, how is it that I'm walking with you? Help me to be cognizant of that every single day. Verse 6 adds this, without faith, I cannot please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Pleasing God also requires faith. Faith that he exists and that he rewards. Anybody experience the rewarding of our Heavenly Father? Anybody? He's a rewarder. And greater than even the rewards per se is him. He's the reward. And I'll come back to this point a little bit later. But many times we can also get so caught up in the hand of God and what he can do that we can be distracted and miss him. Not to mention that when we don't get what we expect to get from his hand, then there's a fence and all of a sudden we're thinking, oh, now you're totally not seeing him. You don't even want perhaps anything to do with him. And, and really, if we dig into that, it's he's the reward. And we'll come back to that in a little bit. Today, though, is Palm Sunday as we shift a little bit and transition from this great faith message that is, I think, encompassing of Palm Sunday. In the Christian faith, it's the beginning of Holy Week, 
where we together this week get to celebrate as they did the coming of Jesus Christ, though we, fortunate and blessed as we are, have the whole canon and know how the story ends. They didn't necessarily live that yet. We get to remember the events leading up to the crucifixion. We get to celebrate next week and every day the resurrection that allows us to walk with the power we can walk with every single day of our lives. We get to celebrate Jesus' conquering of death and the grave for us. That's a really good point to say amen. And not to me, to him, because it's his word. Our benefit. Palm Sunday is when the whole city literally threw a parade for Jesus. Jesus rode into the city of Jerusalem. People were throwing palm branches down in anticipation of his coming, and they were yelling, Hosanna, which literally means to save. Matthew 21, 8 and 9 says, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees, spread them on the road. And the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. There was an expectation of what Jesus could do for them because of what they had seen or heard him do. If you read the Gospels, you can start with Matthew and just read the first 20 chapters. You'll see that the lame was healed. The blind were given sight. The paralyzed were able to walk. Fed 4,000 folks. Fed 5,000 folks with two fish and, and, and five loaves of bread. There were exploits, miracles that they had seen. And so now with expectation, they're saying, Lord, save us. There were some political things going on in terms of what was happening in the Roman sort of culture there as well, that they were thinking, if you can do that, certainly you can deliver us from this space as well. They were living with expectation. And again, the palms, as referenced in other gospels, John 12 and 13, for your reference, were placed on the ground and were considered symbols or emblems of peace, joy, and victory. There was an expectation that Jesus was going to be this and much more for them. I think important for our study, and I'd be remiss if I didn't mention um, in discussing this particular text, that this comes from the Hebrew root of this particular passage, really comes from Psalm 118, verses 25 and 26, that says, Lord, save us, grant us success. Again, Hosanna literally meaning, please deliver us, please save us. It's a plea for help what we probably should have been running through the airport saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, help us get to this flight. That's the plea in verse 25 of Psalm 118 that we see. But what's cool about Hosanna and Hosanna living, again, is that it implies an acknowledgement that we cannot save ourselves and that we need help. Remember, to please God is to walk with God, and to walk with God is to live a life that shouts Hosanna every single day because we realize without him we can't make it. And we don't wait until we feel like we need him. Anybody like that? I just told you a story that I hope you all identified with on some level, but we don't wait till we feel that way, but we rather behave in a way that we know we need him every moment of every single day. But our use of the word Hosanna doesn't stop there. If we go on to verse 26 of chapter 118 of Psalm, it says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There's a shift here. A shift from concern in, the ver in verse 25 of this chapter to confidence in verse 26. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. This here is a great example of great faith and a demonstration of a plea for help and a proclamation now for us, you and me, salvation. Thank you. Plea for help, 
salvation, thank you. And we especially, knowing how the story ends, knowing what happens on Friday and Sunday, they didn't have that, can proclaim Hosanna in both instances. We can expect God to come into our everyday lived situations. And we can also just say, salvation, no hell. That's a good thing. Salvation, thank you. Hosanna, we shout. And may we embrace that every single day of our lives. And critical to that process is what we talked about last week, all of the series or the sermons in the series connecting prayerfully um, for us. And that is that our faith must endure. Somewhere along the line, the folks who got there and they laid down the palms, somewhere between then and Friday, the faith waned. It declined a little bit because they went from saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, to free Barabbas, (laughs) crucify him. And if you're like me, which you're not because we're all different, but maybe in this instance you can find yourself sometimes or if you're live streaming, maybe, and you can sit and find yourself saying, I'm committed, I'm sold out, but God, in my life, there have been times where I have found myself for one reason or another, one unmet expectation, one church hurt or another saying, crucify him, die in this area, Lord, I don't need you. How did they go from waving palms to that in a week? Might I suggest that they were seeing the rewards that Jesus could bring and miss the reward that he is alone. They were looking for his hand when God was saying, my heart, have my heart. And when their expectations were unmet, then offense took place. To please God is to walk with him. And to walk with him is to be in rhythm with him, to be in proximity to him, to know his voice, to know his heart, and as such, to have right expectations. Doesn't mean we can't expect his works. God wants to do signs and wonders, and I believe he will throughout the life of Victory Church do just that. But if we expect just his works, the slippery slope is that it becomes me, 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 me. It's all about me. And when me doesn't get what me thinks me deserves, then me gets angry and me gets upset and me says, no more, you die. Me says, no, me, I want more for me and I'm offended. And we can go from then saying Hosanna to crucify him. But God has rightly called each of us to Hosanna living. Because to walk with God is to please him and to walk with God is to live a life that shouts Hosanna every single day because we know that he's already met every expectation and then some that we could ever have. The sins, mine, yours, man, woman, sins, he took them and nailed them to the cross. Expectation, that was one, Lord, I couldn't fix myself. Thank you for taking that, nailing it to the cross and giving me the opportunity not just to avoid the penalty of sin, but in this life on earth to avoid and be saved from the power of sin as well. When I deserve death, you gave me life. Met expectations? Yes, I think so. Now, I know, though, we might have some unmet expectations here on the earth that I do not take lightly. Maybe dad wasn't there. Um, Maybe there was a inappropriate touch at some point that you experienced. Maybe Maybe somebody who stood in this position mishandled the word of God and caused hurt in your life. Maybe something in your family occurred that to this day has you saying, God, how could you allow that to happen? So let me say very 
Sincerely, I believe you, and I am sorry that that hurdle or hurdles is something you've had to overcome and maybe still overcoming in trying to access Jesus. I was listening to a song this morning by Jonathan McReynolds that's called God is Good, and it says, may your struggles lead you to the cross. May your troubles remind you that you need God and That's the prayer today. May we, through whatever unmet expectations, lead us nearer to Jesus and not more distant from him. Might I encourage you and beg you really to scream, Hosanna, every day of your life. I know, Lord, you can save, and Lord, you've already saved, so thank you. Yes, I'm experiencing some difficulty here. Yes, there have been unmet expectations, but lead me not to the place. And there are no stones being cast here because I believe if I were in that place, I'd probably do the same. And and we know it had to occur the way that it did. But God, help us not to reflect that here in the earth, saying, Hosanna and crucify him. May we, through unmet expectations, only be brought more near to him. There are several of you out here today, so I don't know all of what you're facing. God definitely knows what you're facing. I just know life comes at us and is real. And we here as a people of God, the Big C Church, certainly Victory Church, are here to support as supporting ligaments, Ephesians 4 and 16 says, through those in such a way that draws us closer to Jesus. And the question I want us to ponder is, what if this week, let's just start with tomorrow, we were to shout Hosanna afresh? What would that look like? Imagine if we were to Step into our days and not wait for us to feel like we needed him, but to say, Lord, I know I need you and I know you've already done. And I know the situation I'm in right now is uncomfortable, but Hosanna, salvation. Thank you. I know you're going to come. You've already come. Thank you. Imagine if as a people of God, we exhibited that display. If we walked with God in such a way that Hosanna is what our lives screamed every single day. Lord, I thank you for this word today.